What a month of June it was for the Atlanta Braves. Exactly the type of month that they had to have to get themselves back in the NL East race, which they are. We'll talk about some of the best performances from the month of June and also those who did not, did not quite perform the best in June. We'll also talk about Thursday's ugly game in Philadelphia and set you up for the weekend series in Cincinnati. All of that on a Friday edition of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jacob Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves, where you can send in any comments, questions, feedback that you may have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Hit the notification bell. Hit that like button on this video if you would. It does help out the show a ton and thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen each and every day post episodes daily five days a week monday through friday and are free and available on all platforms on today's episode we're going to take a look back at the month of june and just what an incredible month it was talk about the player of the month for the braves and the pitcher of the month and as well as some other key contributors talk about who didn't perform the best in the month of june we'll cover uh, Thursday's game as well, and Ian Anderson, and could he be losing a grip on his spot in the rotation, and could it be time for Kyle Muller to get another chance? We'll talk about that, and then we'll set you up for the weekend series against the Reds. But with how poorly the game was on Thursday, I thought we'd start on a high note and talk about June overall because it was a great month for the Atlanta Braves, 21-6 and in the month of June, a 14-game win streak to start the month picked up seven games in the NL East. Just an incredible month for the Atlanta Braves, a month that they honestly needed to have. Um, but even to expect them to win 21 games, I think that beat the expectations of just about anyone. You knew with the schedule they had in this month, they had an opportunity to you know win 18 games or something like that. But they went above and beyond that, and they are right back in the NL East race and again, had to have it with how far back they had fallen and the hot start, start the Mets had gotten out to. So in terms of just wins and losses, you couldn't have asked for more from the Braves in the month of June. I uh, hate they couldn't finish it off and break that record and, and win on Thursday. But still, it was just an incredible month for the Atlanta Braves. And some big series wins in there as well, even after they got done playing the teams below 500. Won a four-game series against the Giants. Won a series in Philadelphia. And again, half an inch away from winning a series against the L.A. Dodgers as well. Let's talk about some of the best performances from the month of June, giving you my player of the month, pitcher of the month, as well as some notables. Dansby Swanson, I think to nobody's surprise, is the player of the month for the Atlanta Braves. I've said it on here multiple times, and I know Grant McCauley's you know, said it on the postcast as well. Dansby Swanson is the MVP of the Braves so far this season and june may have been his best month he slashed 330 390 563 in the month of june that's an ops of 953 
He led the team with 22 runs scored as he's been batting atop the lineup. He led the team in hits with 37. He was second on the team with seven home runs. He was second on the team in RBIs with 19. Olsen's, um, Olsen had 21 to lead the team. He was third most in walks with nine. Uh, you know, doesn't always take a ton of walks, but he was third on the team in walks. Ozuna had 10. Olsen had 11. And he had three stolen bases. Only Acuna and Harris had more. They each had four. So doing it all, and obviously we know what he brings defensively as well. One of the best in the game at a primary position and shortstop. So for me, Dansby Swanson, the easy player of the month for the Atlanta Braves. Again, been the MVP of the team. And I know Dansby's kind of cooled off over the last three or four games, but what he did in June and what he really did, you know, the month prior to that as well, he has been absolutely tremendous for the Atlanta Braves. Wanted to give a shout out to Michael Harris as well, who, you know, I knew Dansby would kind of be the runaway for the player of the month, but when you look at the stats, uh, Michael Harris was actually pushing him pretty closely. You look at his slash line, 347, 371, 574, it's a 945 OPS in the month of June. Those are really right on par with what Dansby did. 18 runs scored, 35 hits. That's what was surprising to me when I looked at Braves players who had the most hits in the month of June. You know, Dansby, you know, led the way with 37, but Michael Harris was right behind him at 35, batting at the bottom of the lineup. And that's just crazy to see. Riley was third. I tweeted this out. Riley was third on the Braves in hits in, in June with 26. And again, Michael Harris had 35 and Dansby had 37. There's a big gap there between first and second and third in hits on the Braves team. Michael Harris also had uh, seven doubles. He had two triples, four home runs, including one on Thursday. 16 runs batted in and four stolen bases. So a big month of June for Michael Harris as well. Uh, again, it was right there. And you talk about what he does defensively as well. Uh, those two, Swan Swanson and Michael Harris, just incredible in the month of June for the Braves, helping carry that team. So love what you saw from those guys up the middle. As far as pitcher of the month, you got to give it to Max Freed once again. I mean, the Braves' ace was 2-0 and in five games, but the Braves won all five games that he started. So that right there alone just tells you, you know, he is he's the ace of your team. He's giving you a chance every time he goes out there. A 2-1-6 and 0.96 whip in the month of June. Batters hit 223 against him, 33 and a third innings pitched, 35 strikeouts to just five walks. He went at least five and two-thirds innings in every start in June, and he gave up two earned runs or less in four of five starts. He only walked more than one batter in one of his five June starts. And again, the Braves won all five games that he started in the month of June. So, again, pretty easily, Max Freeze, the pitcher of the month for me in June and just doing exactly what you want your ace to do atop the rotation. But overall, the Braves rotation was really pretty good in the month of June. Freed, Strider, Morton, and Wright all had an ERA of 3.52 or lower in the month. Wright obviously helping that with his last start. Ian Anderson, which we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more later, uh, not part of that group, but the other four really good in the month. And then you look at who is the bullpen ace for the Braves, and I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast. Jesse Chavez was absolutely amazing in the month of June for the Braves, playing in a variety of roles. You know, coming into 
you know, finish off games where maybe the Rays were ahead by a bit, you know, bridging the gap in those middle innings. And then even here later in the month with the bullpen being a little banged up, he comes in in a, a hold situation against the top of the Phillies order on Wednesday and, and shuts things down and strikes out the side. But overall in June, 12 and a third scoreless innings with 16 strikeouts. So amazing work by Jesse Chavez in June. And again, just like with the rotation, the Braves had a lot of bullpen guys that had great months as well. Chavez, McHugh, Dylan Lee, A.J. Minter, and Kenley Jansen all had whip under one in the month of June. A.J. Minter leading the way there with a 0.73 whip. So the Braves bullpen, very good, just like the rotation for the most part, very good in the month of June. Who didn't have a good month? Again, I mentioned Ian Anderson. We'll talk about him more in a little bit. A 6.91 ERA and 1.81 whip in the month of June. Darren O'Day, 5.79 ERA and 1.93 whip and just four and two-thirds innings pitched in the month of June. His spot on the team could be in jeopardy once some of these guys start coming back. Jackson Stevens, I was surprised about this. A 6.75 ERA and 1.50 whip and six and two-thirds innings in the month of June. Really had two bad starts, one where he gave up three runs, one where he gave up two, two runs. So he could be cooling off a little bit. At the plate, Marcelo Zuna slash 220-301-385, four homers, 24 strikeouts. Really, the 10 walks were his saving grace, uh, you know, and the four home runs, but uh, just really not a great month for Marcelo Zuna. Arcia and William Contreras both cooled off a little bit, although Contreras still had a 742 OPS. I think you'll take that out of your, your backup catcher. Uh, but with both of them getting regular playing time, starting to see them come back down to, to earth a little bit. And I, I was also surprised at this one just because I think he's been hitting the ball better a lot more lately. But Matt Olson, 234, 303, 477 slash line in the month of June, but did have six home runs, eight doubles, and 11 walks. So again, uh, it wasn't his best month, but I certainly don't th- feel like it was a terrible month for Matt Olson, especially, like I said, I think he's been hitting the ball a lot better of late and he leads the league in doubles. Adam Duvall, 231, a 293 on-base percentage, but he had a 571 slugging because he led the team with eight home runs. He truly is a feast or famine type player, which we kind of already knew at this point. Again, led the team in home runs, also led the team with 33 strikeouts in the month of June. So that wraps up the best and I guess the worst for the month of June for the Braves. But overall, what a month that it was for Atlanta got themselves back in the postseason pitcher, back in the NL East race. Can't ask for more than what they gave you in the month of June. All right, next we'll talk about Thursday's game and Ian Anderson's rough outing and whether or not his spot in the rotation could be – he could be losing that spot in the rotation and who could replace him. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing and football season will be here before you know it. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. On Thursday, the Atlanta Braves were looking to sweep the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia and briefly took a 1-0 lead in the top of the second. Actually had a chance for more in that inning. Had bases loaded, nobody out. A terrible at-bat by Adam Duvall, who strikes out on three pitches. 
And then it looked like they were going to hit into a double play and get nothing, but Philly's defense helped them out. D.J. Gruis forgot how many outs there were, didn't throw the ball to first to complete the double play, and the Braves get gifted a run, but that's all they could put up there. And honestly, it really didn't matter because in the bottom of the second, Ian Anderson surrendered seven runs to the Phillies in just a disastrous inning, and the game was basically over at that point. Ian Anderson's final line on Thursday, two innings, seven hits, one walk, seven earned, just one strikeout. And it's been it's been a rough season for Ian Anderson, I think is the, the most simple and best way to put it. He's been up and down, uh, but mostly down here lately. He's given up four earned or more in six of his last eight starts. You know, he really had a, a pretty good stretch at the end of April, early May, but since then just really hasn't been great for Ian Anderson. Not a lot of consistency. We've talked on here a lot about the, the lack of a third pitch or at least one that he trusts. He doesn't seem to go to that curveball enough, and I think he needs something more horizontal, breaking away from right-handed batters. It's too It's too easy to figure him out when if it's at the belt or higher, it's a fastball. If it's below the belt, it's a changeup, and he just becomes too predictable especially when he's not throwing the changeup for strikes. And that's something that is frustrating to me when watching him. He's trying to get chases on that changeup out of the zone. And when batters, you know, know him and are used to seeing him, they're just going to spit on that pitch. Again, anything below the belt, it's likely a changeup and batters are just taking that pitch. So he's got to change some things up. He's got to come up with a, another pitch that he trusts. And he has to be more confident in throwing that changeup in the zone. It's such a good changeup with so much movement at such a high velocity. He's got to be more confident in throwing that pitch for a strike. Otherwise, hitters are just going to keep laying off of it, and they're going to wait until they get a pitch up in the zone because they know that's going to be a fastball, and they're going to they're going to hit it. And that's what we saw on Tuesday. The batters in that second inning were just laying off that changeup low, and a lot of those hits were on pitches in the upper part of the strike zone because they know those are going to be fastballs, and so they're jumping on those pitches. So there's got to be some adjustments there for Ian Anderson that he has to make in order to continue to have success at the big league level. And I think he can. I think he can still be that type of pitcher. I mean, he's had a good run of success at the big league level and on the biggest stage in the postseason. You know it's there, but I do think the league is starting to make some adjustments to him, and he's going to have to make some adjustments of his own. And and no pitcher can get around that. You look at guys like Justin Verlander. You look at Max Fried even. Guys, pitchers have to make adjustments year to year to stay relevant and stay at the top of this league. And I just haven't seen any adjustments from Ian Anderson since he entered this league. And I think it's time for that. I think we also forget he's only 24 years old. It feels like he's a veteran just because you know he pitches like that at times where he just he doesn't seem to get phased by anything. And again, he's already pitched in some huge moments for the Braves that seems like he's been here a while. He's still just 24 years old. So again, I I don't know what the move is, what the right decision is. You know, if you were ever going to send him down to AAA to work on some things, I think now is still the time because, like I said, he is just 24. I think he still gets a couple of more starts to try to figure it out at the big league level. But I think that that situation is coming and I think those discussions are going on internally of what happens if Ian Anderson doesn't get this figured out over the next couple of starts. Do we 
move on? Do we give somebody else a shot in that spot? I mean, he's given up 22 earned runs in 28 and two-thirds innings in the month of June. Not ideal. <laughs> and in 15 starts this year overall, a 5-3-1 ERA and a 1-5-2 whip. Uh, again, just not the Ian Anderson that we're accustomed to seeing. And I think it's time for him to make some adjustments. And the question just becomes, can he make those adjustments on the fly at the big league level? Or does he need to be sent down and work on that at AAA and then come back up? If that is the case, Kyle Muller is ready. And he has shown that he's ready for another opportunity. What he's been doing at Gwinnett since he got sent back down. I know he got a a start earlier in the year at Texas, and that was a disastrous start to say the least. But since going back down to Gwinnett, he's gone at least six innings in seven of nine starts, and he's allowed two earned or less in six of nine starts. And the others, he's allowed three earned twice and four earned once. So not getting lit up at all, going deep into games, not walking a lot of batters, which has been his problem when he's come up. In June alone, Kyle Muller had a 1.87 ERA. 0.77 whip and a 171 batting average against in five starts with 43 strikeouts and 33 and two-thirds innings and only six walks. So, again, if the Braves did want to give Ian Anderson a break here and give him an opportunity to work on some things, I think Kyle Muller has proven that he is ready for another shot at the big league level and could fill that spot for the time being. But that'll be a big decision for the Braves, and we see, we'll see we see what they do there. Again, I think Ian Anderson at least gets another start or two, see if he can figure things out here. Uh, just some other highlights from, from Thursday's game. Not much there. Really, the only highlight for me was Michael Harris. Got a, a fastball up and in from Aaron Nola and, and took it out deep to center field for a two-run homer. Uh, just love watching Michael Harris play. Uh, and great, great to see him You know, continue to show off that power. Uh, which is, again, the last tool that I think many of us thought he needed to develop, and he seems to be having it. I mean, four home runs in the month of June. I will certainly take that out of my number nine hitter who's also playing gold glove defense in center field. And Dansby got a rest in this one. After the game got out of hand, Dansby got to take a rest. Uh, he had played in every inning for the Braves this year. So, again, and hasn't been, you know, he's cooled off a little bit here lately, so maybe he can kind of get half of a day off. Uh, and kind of reset as they go into Cincinnati, which should be a great place to get your offense going, and we'll talk about that next. A little bit of news uh, update before we get into the weekend series. Ronald Acuna Jr. did rejoin the team on Thursday in Philadelphia, but obviously he didn't start that game, and kind of glad he didn't because it seems like it might have been a little bit of a waste putting him in there. Uh, but he did rejoin the team, and he's likely to be in the lineup on Friday as they go to Cincinnati. So that is great news. He himself said he feels like he's back um, to where he was before and feels fully healthy, so that's great to hear. Eddie Rosario, one for four with a walk and an RBI, RBI on Thursday. Ed Gwinnett, as he continues his rehab assignment, I think there's a chance we see him at the beginning of next week uh, rejoining the Braves, and that would certainly be a good addition for the team. All right, getting into the weekend preview, Reds versus Braves. Uh, the Reds just lost two out of three to the Cubs in, in Chicago. They've lost 10 of their last 13 games. They did win a series against San Francisco in San Francisco last weekend. They're 26-49 and 49 last in the NL Central, which is, in my opinion, one of the worst divisions in all of baseball. Uh, but they did get off to just an incredibly terrible stretch to begin the year. 
Um, so I think that record actually is maybe a little better than it probably looks overall, but still, this is not a very good baseball team. Uh, they're not drawing any fans right now, as most of their fans are pretty much boycotting ownership because of the way they just completely dismantled what looked like a pretty decent team uh, and pretty much just traded off everything and are rebuilding. So don't expect many Reds fans there. Hopefully we'll see some Braves fans at Cincinnati's not too far from Braves country. And I went there last year, loved my time in Cincinnati. It's a great ballpark. Uh, so I hate to see what's hap happening there and, and with that fan base. But uh, if you are in Braves country and you can take the 4th of July weekend trip up there, uh, it is a really, really nice ballpark. Um, as far as the pitching matchups, you got Max Freed versus old friend Mike Miner on Friday. I really don't have any analysis for this other than this has to be a win. You got your ace on the mound going against a guy and Mike Miner who I love, love to death. I loved watching him at Vanderbilt, one of my favorite uh, players for the Braves when he was here. But he has an ERA over seven. He's a lefty. The Braves crush lefties. This has to be a win uh, on Friday night. On Saturday, Spencer Strider versus Tyler Malley. Uh, Malley was pretty good against the Braves uh, on opening day to start the year, and he's been really good as of late. Had a 2.94 and 1.10 whip in the month of June and went at least six innings in every June start, including a complete game in which he struck out 12 batters in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. So Tyler Malley is on his game right now. Spencer Strider was on his game last time out, which I think was his best outing of the year so far. Hopefully he builds on that and has another good one on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Charlie Morton versus Luis Castillo. Uh, Morton had a good month of June, but battled command through his last start. Hopefully he has a little bit cleaner start and has that command and control from the beginning. Luis Castillo, as you knew, know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, a trade candidate coming up at the trade deadline, had a 3-2-6 ERA in June. He went at least six innings in four of his five starts. He did walk 13 batters, and he walked at least two batters in four of his five starts. So something to keep an eye on there. Hopefully the Braves pitch batters can be a little bit patient, maybe draw some walks, get him out of there early because that is the strategy against this Reds team. The Reds bullpen is last in Major League Baseball with a 5.37 ERA, and they're second to last with a 1.47 whip. So strategy for the Braves, much like it was with the Phillies, get to their bullpen as quickly as possible and see if you can go to work there. Braves are facing some tough starters. This will not be an easy series, as some may think, going into Cincinnati. The Reds can hit a little bit, especially at home. They're they're middle of the league in the month of June overall offensively. So, you know, this Reds team can score some runs. And the Braves are facing two of their best starters who are on a roll, like I mentioned, in Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo. So the Braves offense will need to score some runs. Again, battle their starters, get them out of there early, get to that bullpen and, and go to work there. And hopefully the Braves starters can keep them in the game and match with the red starters until they can get to the bullpen. And for me, that's a strategy for the Braves to win this series. And hopefully they can get a sweep. Uh, I mean, again, this certainly is a team the Braves should beat, but I just don't think it's going to be as easy as you may look think if you look at the two records for these teams because Malley can pitch, Luis Castillo can pitch, they can score a little bit, they're at home. So Braves will have to work for this one. Hopefully the offense kind of breaks out um, and puts up some big numbers in the Braves pitching staff holds their own, and can match their starters until they get to the bullpen, like I said. They can do that. I think they get at least a series win. Again, would love to get a sweep and start off the month of June on the or July on the right foot as well. But hope you all have a great holiday weekend. Have a great 4th of July. 
Uh, we'll most likely talk to you next Tuesday. Me and Grant will have a postcast after Friday's episode and Monday's uh, Monday's game as well. I'll have a postcast after Friday's game and Monday's game as well. But again, hope you all have a great 4th of July weekend. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 